Hello everyone and welcome to another podcast from BetfairTradingCommunity.com with me, your host, Martin. Um, I'm really excited actually about today's topic because today we're talking about strategies. It is Strategies Week. As you know, if you've listened to some of the podcasts before, we've got these four pillar stones of Betfair Trading and one of those is strategies. So today I'm going to talk a little bit about strategies um, one of the approaches I use to create strategies uh, that's been successful for me and, and obviously plenty of other traders on Betfair Trading Community, I'm also going to go through some of the strategies that this has helped me create. So it's actually a really good uh, podcast to listen to if strategies is something you're interested in or of learning about how a pro would start to create the strategy, this is a really good podcast to listen to because this will help all traders, um, you know, whatever your situation, whatever you trade, this kind of line and way of thinking is how the pros do it. And probably one of the, you know, almost secret sources of being a Betfair trader, because a lot of people will come to us and say, you know, Martin, what's the secret source? What's the secret, um, you know, the secret ingredient to Betfair trading? And a lot of the time I just say, look, there isn't one. There isn't just one secret ingredient, but there's lots and lots of different little things that make up Betfair trading that are important to learn. And I think this is one of them. So I'm going to start by saying, I remember actually when I was in school, they used to talk in science a lot about hypothesis and uh, having a hypothesis and, and working uh, out things by using that. Um, I didn't really take a lot of interest in science. It was probably my worst subject at school. I think I got a C in GCSEs, which, uh, yeah, was the lowest grade I got. Um, mind you, there's a few other subjects I got a C on. But um, of the main subjects, yeah, science was my worst one. So I didn't really take it in that much. I didn't really pay that much attention to things like having a hypothesis. But then when it comes to trading... I've actually found I've used it. It's funny the things you learn in school that you think are useless and then suddenly one day they become useful. Now, if you don't know what a hypothesis is, that's absolutely fine and I'll explain it to you. Basically, it's a theory. It's a theory you might have. So let's say you, I mean, you would have heard all sorts of theories. Let, let's think about the most random theories, you know, conspiracy theories so people who come up with conspiracy theories and um you know things like oh you know princess diana uh she wasn't killed accidentally and things like that well that's someone's theory right someone that's someone's idea now most of the people who will come out with theories like that they don't actually know whether it's true or not they you can't know for 100% unless you were there unless you're part of it you can't actually know but the important thing to remember is that we want to know, okay? So if we're trading on Betfair, we want to know whether our hypothesis is correct or not. So let's say we've got a theory on Betfair trading. It's a hypothesis. We've got something we think is true, something we think will happen. But the problem is we don't actually know. We don't know for sure. And that's that's why having a hypothesis is important to begin with, because once you've got that in place, the next stage is to test your hypothesis. And this is what they do in science. And it's the same in Betfair trading. Once you get your theory, 
you then test that theory. So a lot of you might have already tested strategies in the past. Where have those strategies come from? Where has your where have your initial ideas come from? They've come from a theory, right? Usually it's I've been watching this, I've noticed this pattern. I think this happens in trading. And I think I can make money on it because I know that it happens, I know when it happens, and I'm going to test it and see if my hypothesis is correct. And this is one of the important things to remember. When you're testing these theories, what you want to find out is whether your theory is correct. Now, it doesn't it doesn't in it doesn't intrinsically matter if it's not correct, okay? It's so it's not like you're trying to prove something or prove a point. You're just testing something, and if it works, great. If it doesn't, no worries, I'll test something else. Okay, because I feel like some people, when they get an idea, when they get a theory, they're so desperate to prove that it works that they, that even when they test it and it's not really working, they kind of gloss over it or they remove the losing results and go, well, those ones didn't really count because X, Y, and Z. And the problem is, then you're just working a hypothesis to suit your argument rather than just testing it and going, right, does this work? Yes or no. If it does, brilliant. If not, get rid. So apologies if that is all kind of a bit a bit deep for you. Um, I know that some people obviously just want to get to the meat of everything. But I want to give you a little bit of background, try and explain Betfair trading a bit more scientifically and kind of look at why it's similar to testing. I mean, essentially, when we're testing a theory and we're testing a system or a strategy that we've created, it's like being in a lab. Right. It's like being in a science lab. That is basically all we're doing. All the difference is we're on a computer testing it. We're not in a lab, you know, with chemicals and whatnot testing it. Um, so there are a lot of similarities there. Now, if this is kind of going over your head a little bit and I'll understand for some people if it is, um, I'll give you an example because I think this is the best way to kind of really clarify what I'm what I'm telling you. And I've got I've, I've got I thought of three examples really quickly and I'm going through them one by one. The first one was my first one of my first theories I had on Betfair was that the unders markets were underrepresented. Okay, so especially the under two point five goals market, I noticed every trader trading seemed to be betting on goals, not betting on them not to happen, and that kind of made sense to me because I was thinking, well. Where where what's the background of a lot of traders, of a lot of betters, of a lot of gamblers? The background is they probably got into betting for a bit of fun. And so if you want to have fun and you're watching a football match, hoping for a nil-nil is not exactly going to entertain you, right? Because A, you'll be terrified the whole game that there's a goal any time the ball goes near a goal. B, you're cheering on no goals, which, you know, defeats the whole point of football, really. And C, there's no entertainment value. There's no entertainment factor for you. So my theory was overs prices are shorter than they should be a lot of the time because, especially in the bigger games, because people want to bet on overs. And that's how I created one of my better under strategies um, back in the day was that I went, right, OK, I've got this theory. I want to test it. I'm going to look for games where the unders odds are quite high, you know, over 1.8 and see 
weather, especially when teams have had a lot of unders results and the odds are still above 1.8, then I'm going to back unders and see how they do. And I tested that and it actually did really well. Um, the problem was, in the end, I think I actually lost the spreadsheet and the system that I was testing. Um, so I could probably try and recreate it, actually. But I just remember that. And uh, the good thing now is that I can't lose strategies because they're all on the BTC software, right? So on the BTC software, I have strategies. They're all filled in. I don't have to work them out every day. The, the software gives me my selections each day. And the thing is, I can take a photo of the filter. I can take a photo of all the filters I've used on that strategy um, save it to my cloud and I've got it forever. So, you know, one of the problems, the old problems before the Betfair trading community software came out was that it was easy. It was too easy to lose strategies. I've probably got 20 plus spreadsheets from before, you know, 2015 or whenever it was, we, we launched the BTC software where I was testing strategies and Back then, I didn't know that I'd want to look back at them in a few years. And I kind of wish I had because, you know, you lose the spreadsheets or you lose the, the exact strategy, the, what you were doing. Um, and now it's just brilliant because you can't lose it. So it will always be there in the uh, in the software on the strategy section, which uh, which is massively helpful for me as a pro trader because, you know, you want to keep as much quality information as you can. It's almost like professional trading in some respects is information gathering. And a lot of you guys listening, you are doing the right thing. You're doing the perfect thing. You're listening to a pro trader talking about Betfair. You are information gathering and, and you will gain so much from that. Um, so that was kind of my unders hypothesis. I tested it. It worked great. Okay. But it all came from a theory I had that... I was just thinking, and it came to me, okay, lots of people back overs, let's see if there's some value in unders. My second hypothesis I'm going to talk about, and I have written about this before, um, and I'm, I do plan actually to do a quite in-depth video on this. Um, I'll probably do it for, I'm actually in the middle of writing a, a practical trading course, um, just a live trading course to kind of complement the one we already have which is more of a uh, more of a writing course and taking notes and you know focusing on discipline mentality and things like that um kind of the theory side of it i guess if you're going to go one's theory one's practical but i want to do a practical course and i think i'll go i'll use this use this strategy in there and do an in-depth video but one of the theories i had again quite early on in my betfair training journey was that I noticed a lot of the time the big teams were too short odds. People just expect big teams to win. So when Man City or, or Man United or whatever play, if they're playing a small club, they are just expected to win. Almost by some people as if there's no chance they won't win. Which, as we know in football, is crazy because quite often you get upsets. When it wasn't that long ago, Norwich won um, against Man City, uh, against Pep Guardiola's, you know, formidable Man City. And it's quite interesting, isn't it, that 
somehow it still gets lost in the narrative that these teams win every game. And the reality is, against the smaller clubs, actually, they don't. Um, and there are certain situations where it's really good value to take on the big teams. And and I'm going to share this with you. And this is really good information. So if, you, if you're taking notes or if you're not taking notes, maybe now is the time to take a quick note. When a big team is playing a side who are in really good form, maybe they're even a better team. But because the big team has the big name, has the big brand name, if that big team is still a strong favourite, you, it's really good to lay that team. That that has made me a lot of money over the years. Um, I use that in loads of situations and it works really well. Because I find if you just back big teams and that's all you do, you, you will lose money. I honestly believe you will lose money over the long run um, because you need to win such a high percentage to make money. I'll give you an example, a recent example. Um, this is baseball, so not a trade a sport many of you would have traded, I imagine. But the New York Yankees uh, are playing at the moment, and they're in terrible form. Uh, I think they win one game for every two they lose, which is just unheard of for them. But such a big name, right? It's the New York Yankees. They've got a lot of big names in their batting lineup. Um, but a lot of them haven't performed well and for quite a long time now. It's not just been this year, it's kind of been the last couple of years. Now, what amazes me is when they play a team who have a much better record than them, who have dominated them in recent games, and yet the Yankees will still be quite strong favourites. Even when, now you might not know a lot about baseball, but the pitcher, the guy who throws the ball in baseball at the batters, is the main guy. And it's a massive part of whether you win the game, whether you've got a good pitcher or not. Obviously, right? Because if someone's not throwing the ball very well and it's easy to hit, a bit like bowling in cricket, um, you're going to fancy the other team. Yet, even when these underdog sides had better pitchers, They've been doing better. The team's been better, in better form. The Yankees have still been strong favourite, and it's been crazy. And I've made money opposing them in that situation. Um, and it was it was kind of similar. You know, it's kind of uh, maybe not as strong now, but it was similar when Man United kind of came out of that Fergie phase. When Fergie left, Man United were terrible, and, and they're still not great. They're not too bad now but they're not great are they they're not what they were let's just put it that way but there would still be such short priced favorites against all these sides that you know had had either the beating of them or had easily been holding out for draws and things and and being in just as good form and those situations are when you go right i'm going to take on man united in this spot um it happened with liverpool for a long time it happened with liverpool when Liverpool were, you know, a fairly solid team, um, but certainly not one not a title challenger. And I remember them playing Newcastle once, when Newcastle were in great form, away at Newcastle. And Liverpool were really short odds favourites, and I just couldn't understand it. I backed Newcastle, and I just remember, I think they won about 3-1 um, then. And that's the thing. A lot of the time, this will come off. If you get, if you get these situations in the right spot, 
these will come off. You've got to remember the betting market. See, see, everyone thinks the betting markets are determined by statistics and how likely something is. That's not actually true, right? That does form a part of it. But actually, the biggest part of betting markets is where the money's going. The money decides the prices. So the money can just drive down a price. If someone's really backing something, it can drive down a price. Or if someone's heavily laying something, it can drive up a price. And with bookmakers, when bookmakers change their odds, inevitably they tend to change on Betfair. And what you'll find is that when people put massive bets on with bookies, bookies slash their odds. Um, so you get quite a lot of situations, actually, where these big teams are they're too short odds. The odds are too short. And it's clear and it's obvious. And you can take advantage of that. Um, so look into that. Test it. Again, it's a hypothesis. I believe it to be true. I've made a lot of money for it. But you can test this yourself. You don't have to put money on. But you can see the results, check whether you would have made money or not, etc., etc. And it's a really good strategy that I've found to use. The third one is one, again, if you've listened to me for a long time, you'll know very well. Um, these two, these last two, especially this one, is probably how I make most of my money uh, as a trader. And that is I lay at low odds, right? I have a theory that people are much likelier to bet at short odds than lay at short odds. I think the reason is people like to win, right? Which is understandable. But a lot of people, when they're betting or trading, they just want to win. They don't really care if they're getting value. They don't really care if they'll make money in the long run. They just want to win that bet. So Man City are playing Leeds, right? Man City, short odds. But I think they'll win. It's Man City, right? Big club. I talked about the big club bias just now. They'll win. So people will pile on Man City. And you will see millions of pounds matched on Man City in that situation on Betfair. The odds are shorter than they should be a little bit because of the reality that people are piling on at these short prices. Now, the clever thing to do a lot of the time in these situations is to lay at low odds especially super lords. So I often think about, say, cricket, which is a good sport for this, when teams are playing a 2020 match and the odds of, of one of the teams are below 1.1 or 1.2, and yet there's still plenty of the game left to be played. The match is far from over. Yes, it looks like one of the teams should win easily, but how often, I mean, if you're a cricket trader, you'll know, how often does that quickly change? A couple of wickets or a few fours and sixes and suddenly the other team's 1.2 or 1.1. It happens so much more than it should do because when you look at the percentages, you'd say, well, 1.1, it should be pretty much over, right? The odds suggest it's over. So look at those situations where it's not over, but the odds are suggesting it is and think, hang on. Of course, it's likely this bet will win, but it only needs to be wrong a few times and I'm going to make significant amounts of money. 
I remember my dad, Richard Futter, if you know him from the cricket trading thread, probably the best cricket trader out there. And that's not just me saying that as a, as a son. It's the feedback I get from so many people who've followed him over the years on Betfair Trading Community. He, there's not someone, there's not anyone who knows cricket better than him. Let's, let's put that straight. Right? No one knows cricket trading better than him. Um, and the fantastic thing he told me, one of the, one of the things he told me, in my early days of trading, was he said this, he said, go against the market. The people who make money, they go against the market. When do the bookies make money? They make money when favourites lose, right? That's why when favourites win, they'll always say things like, oh, that's going to be a bad day for the bookies, you know, or people who've backed, you know. I remember when... um, at Cheltenham, Ruby Walsh was on to win, I think, four out of the four he was riding that day. And a lot of people had had money on that. And everyone was like, oh, no, the favourite, you know, the bookies are going to lose so much money because everyone's been backing these favourites in a multiple. Luckily, they got lucky. He fell at one of the hurdles um, for them anyway. Obviously not lucky for the punters. But it's really interesting. That's how bookies make money. They want you to back the favourites. They want you to bet at these short prices that they know are too short a lot of the time. So if you do get a situation where you look at it and think the odds are just too short here, test it. See if you laid, would you have been able to cash out for a big profit? Would you have made good money out of that trade? Because when you're laying at sub 1.1, you've got virtually no liability, right? You've got such low liability, yet you could reap massive rewards if the match does turn around. So it's really important to look at those odds and think, has this been backed in too much? Has the market just got silly? It's weird because I feel like sometimes punters just forget that anything can happen in sport. And they just forget that. And they're like, oh, no, this is, this is so obvious. I'm just going to leave it. This is so obviously going to win. And then later they're kicking themselves going, oh, I should have laid. The odds were so short. And, you know, it wasn't over. Go against the market. Go against the grain, right? If most people lose at sports betting... Do what they're not doing, right? Because people are winning and people do really well from it. We know that. Jeez, just look at a bookmaker's uh, tax return. Then you'll know the answers, right? Look at how much they get um, bought out for. Look at the fact that even Betfair focuses so much on its sports book as well as its exchange now, whereas it only used to be an exchange. The fact is that often favourites will be too sure if they are well, well fancied. And the reality is it doesn't always come off, does it? And you, I can give you countless examples in the past couple of weeks where the favourites haven't won. Bayern Munich knocked out of Champions League by PSG. Man City lost to Leeds United. Man City lost to Chelsea. Right? Games where... Those three teams were fairly strong favourites, and in one case, extremely strong favourites against Leeds. And they didn't win. That's just off the top of my head. 
off a few games I've followed and watched in the last couple of weeks. Imagine if you went over the course of a season and looked at all the games. You know, but the the reality is punters just want to win. So, you know, I mean, I've even heard people say, and it always makes me cringe a bit, I don't care what the odds are. It's going to win, so I'm backing it. You don't care. You don't care if you're getting value in the long run. Because they, these things don't always come off, right? They, they just don't. Nothing is wins all the time in sport. If it did, there'd be no point, right? Um, and if, if they did win every single time, there'd be no point. Why watch it? The great thing about sport is the unknown. We just have to make sure we're getting value so that we can take advantage of the unknown. Or if the unknown goes against us, we can go, well... It happens occasionally, but the majority of the time, skill is going to override the luck. So we will make money in the long run. Anyway, guys, I hope that I hope that's helped you. Think about hypothesis. Think about a hypothesis you might have, a theory you might have, and that's how you start to build a strategy. Okay, it's better than just plucking an idea out of thin air. Think about hypothesis. Why might this be? You know, in all my hypotheses, I'll go through them quickly here. Unders. Why would unders be overpriced? Why would unders be a value price? It'd be a value price because too many people just want to bet on goals. Why are big teams too short odds? Big teams are too short odds. A, because they've got a big following who will probably bet on them. And B, because people just don't think the big teams lose. We know that's not true. Why would I lay at low odds? Well, because I know that going against the crowd is what makes money for people in the long run. But also know that with such low liabilities and the unpredictability of sport, actually, I'm taking advantage of the reality of a situation rather than just assuming what's already happening will continue to happen for the rest of the game. We know there's twists and turns in sport. You can probably think of tons of examples. Um, Sport is amazing. That's why we love sport. Um, I hope this podcast helped you today. Hopefully you've got at least three good ideas here that I've presented to you to try for yourself if you can't come up with any hypothesis on your own. Um, And maybe, you know, hopefully you found a use for the word hypothesis as I've probably mentioned it about 50 times too many today. Anyway, guys, um, it's been great, by the way. Thanks for all the feedback. Um, I'm really glad you guys are enjoying these podcasts. I'm still amazed how many people listen to them, the the downloads we get, you know, such a niche market um, and how many people watch our videos. I will do a little video on this um, later in the week. So if you want to watch it on YouTube, just search Betfair Trading Community on YouTube. If you haven't subscribed, subscribe to us there. Subscribe to us on your podcast as well because it helps you because you get the notifications quickly and you don't miss videos, you know. We're putting up two videos a week, so you don't want to miss them. And they can get lost because there's so many, you know, over the course of a year. That's 100 a year. And we've been doing this a few years now. So I think we've already got nearly 300 videos going. Um, and it's obviously just going to keep increasing. Anyway, guys, hope you have cracking weeks and a really good week trading. I'll be back again next week with another podcast.